God's good, amen? Praise the Lord. Well, I tell you what, uh, Miss Trudy is going to carry this service today. Well, I'm pretty grateful for that. I get to sit down and receive, praise the Lord. But uh, I was asked to go ahead and briefly uh, touch on something that we had touched on last week. We were talking, if you remember, the last several weeks have been talking about uh, our love for God, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so last week started talking about some things out of Psalms 34, just giving you some keys and nuggets just about stirring that love for God. Look at your neighbor and say, I think you could use a little more stirring, praise God. Amen? Hallelujah. How many know we should keep stirred up? Amen. Everybody say, I'm getting stirred up, praise God. Amen. You got to stir up that love. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I, we brought some things out of Psalms 34, and just uh, real quick, we talked about raising our appreciation. I mean, that's not hard to do. The reason I'm bringing this out again is because there is nothing that we talked about that I don't care where you're at in your walk in faith, these are things you can do just to stir the love for God because we should love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, praise God. Of course, we took a week there and just defined all that. But we should raise our appreciation for God. Amen. Just start thanking God for the things he's done. Has God done good things for you? That was so weak. Anybody, anybody breathing today? Hallelujah. All right. So there you at least have breath, praise God. And all those with breath should praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. See, you're six foot up instead of six foot under. Amen. And you're heaven bound. Now, if you're not heaven bound, we might have to talk to you about that and get that set straight, praise God. But if you're heaven bound, you should have that at least to have something to be appreciative about or thankful about. Amen. Hallelujah. We talked about increasing our boasting. And all that is is just boasting on who God is. God's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's your healer, praise God. And it doesn't take long just to stir that up. You start thanking God for the things he's done, and you start thanking God for who he is. You start hallowing his name. What's that? All of a sudden, you're just starting to honor him, boast in God and who he is, praise God. And as you do that, amen, it starts stirring some things. All of a sudden, man, you can't help but be excited for God. Am I right? Amen. We talked about just giving God more attention, drawing near unto God. As you draw near unto him, he draws near unto you. Psalms 34 talks about looking unto God. It's just taking the time to start giving God some more attention. There is nothing about any of this that isn't hard to do. Stopping once in a while, just acknowledging God. Amen. The word talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways you acknowledge him. What happened? He begins then to lead you. Amen. Just stopping once in a while and acknowledging God. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. Don't just, you know, just, uh, you know, before lunchtime or maybe when you get to church. How many know you should probably be getting up in the morning and honoring God? Uh, how many know you should probably be getting up in the morning and honoring God? Giving God some attention. Amen. Hallelujah. What do the psalmists say? You know, in the, in the morning, at the noontime, in the afternoon, in the nighttime, praise God. Hallelujah. We, what do you, I think he even said there's seven times a day or something like that. Amen. So I think, man, I, we, could, we could do that. Amen. Ain't nothing too hard about that. Just acknowledge God. Begin to give him attention. Another one was to enlarge our dependency on God. Amen. How many know you need to be dependent on God? Not on the arm of the flesh. Not on things, not on stuff, but on him, praise God. Amen. We took some time and talked about that, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To be dependent on God, to enlarge our dependence. And there's put all your confidence, your reliance. Amen. And that literally means a commitment with no options. 
So the only way that that works is to start eliminating some of the other options and just put all your dependence on God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, there you go. Another one, elevate the res- our respect for God. We talked about the fear of the Lord and what that means. Elevate our respect for God. Amen. How many know uh, we need to revere God, respect God, amen, honor Him, amen? Every so often, we just got to simply begin to do that, praise God. And we talked about that with that, just a little nugget about that, that what determines uh, the fear of the Lord uh, is not just that you say you fear God. It's about obedience. It's about following Him. Every time you see the, stu- the, the Scripture when it talks about the fear of the Lord, always in, you know, kind of threaded through that whole thing, is about following Him. That's how you determine whether you're going to walk in the fear of the Lord or honor God, and that's by just doing what He asks you to do. Amen. Just follow Him, praise God. Amen. You ever had God just say, let's uh, hush up? Sometimes just shut your mouth. Some of you are thinking, I wish he'd tell you that right now, Pastor. But anyway, hallelujah. I mean, sometimes just sometimes the Spirit of God is simple things like that. This would be a good time for you to say this or a good time for you to not say anything or a good time to, uh, you know, to help out here or whatever. Come on now. Sometimes just things like that, amen, is about elevating our respect for God, amen. And the last one we talked about last week, amen, was to, uh, intensify our pursuit, talking about seeking God and what that means. And it talks about, amen, this inward movement toward God, aligning yourself to grab hold, because whatever you seek, the Word says this, if you seek, you find, right? Amen. And we're seeking first the kingdom of God. And as you seek God, you begin to find things. Amen. God begins to reveal things and show things. Praise God. And so we talked about, praise God, intensifying our pursuit of God. Amen. Because when you're in pursuit of God, that's a good thing to be in pursuit of. How many know any movement toward God is movement in the right direction? Smile real big at your neighbors. That sounds simple. Praise God. Amen. Trudy, come on up. Praise God. Give this girl a hand clap. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. You know, we started the year talking about um, there's a difference between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, we started talking about the Father, and it moved into the love of the Father, and we haven't got past that yet. It's a good thing we have 50-some weeks in a year, right? You know, it might be this year the Father, next year the Son, the following year the Holy Spirit. But I'm just grateful and glad that we serve a God that is not a deity of a stranger. We serve a God that is very near and close to us. We serve a God that is not distant and that we have to appease. We serve a God that is a nearby father that is caring, concerning, and involved in our life. This is what makes us different than all other religions of the world. We have a God that sees, knows, and cares about us. Amen? So with that being said, I want to open up to Romans chapter 5, verse 5 here today. And we're just going to go through some scriptures quickly, just pieces and nuggets, not taking them out of context, just to give us understanding about the love of the Father. In verse 5 of Romans chapter 5, it says this, Hope does not disappoint Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. If you are a born again child of God, the Holy Spirit was given to you. But when the Holy Spirit was given to you, the first thing he did when he got inside of you was that he poured out into your heart the love of God. 
He poured into your heart the love of God. Now we know out of Proverbs 4, it tells us to guard our heart because out of our heart flow the issues of life. So we could say it this way. The intention of the Holy Spirit is that every issue of our life comes out of the love of God. Because the Holy Spirit poured love into our heart and out of our heart flow the issues of life. So out of our heart flows the love of God and every issue of our life should come through the love of God. Are you following how we're doing this? This is called connection. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit put the love of God in your heart. Some days you feel like it, some days you don't. But the love of God is in there in your heart. The love of God is in there. So so we are not absent of the love of God and we have the potential of living, walking out the love of God. The word of God even tells us we love him because he first loved us. So the beginning of our existence in spiritual maturity, growth, and development is the fact that the love of God has been poured into your heart. The love of God has been poured into your heart. Say this with me. The love of God has been poured into my heart. Praise the Lord. So let's go over to Jude chapter 1. Again, we're just going to look at this scripture briefly. Verse number 21. It says, it gives us an admonition. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So there's a mandate for us to keep ourselves in the love of God. Well, it was poured in me, but sometimes what's in you, you're not in. You're not in what's inside of you that the Holy Spirit has made available to you. Okay, let me say it this way. Have any of you ever gotten out of love? One time? I remember that. And this is an opportunity for me to tell the congregation. (laughs) See, it can be in there, but yet there's a commission on us. We're supposed to keep ourselves in it. Keep ourselves in it. Keep ourselves in the love of God. Keep ourselves in the love of God. To work, to keep it means to guard, to take care of, to persevere and stand firm in it. So as a child of God, the Holy Spirit poured love into us. Now he says, I've given you a responsibility. Keep yourself and guard your heart that you maintain this life of love that was initially put in you when the Holy Spirit came to live in you. Do you remember how nice you were when you first got born again? You were so overwhelmed and overcome with the fact that God loved you and things were changing on the inside and you felt different and all those kind of things. And then then you go along in life and things happen. You get busy. You're figuring out, how do I change this part of my life? But I got to keep doing this part of my life. And you kept going on and all these responsibilities and obligations and everything going on. and, And they didn't change. I changed. And I still got the same 
job and my hair color is still going gray and all these problems. And so what happens is what the enemy does is takes our attention off of that love that was poured into our heart by the Holy Spirit and gets us all caught up in daily routine, event, responsibility, obligation, where we're no longer walking and living in that love of God that was poured out in our heart. We just pull on it from time to time when we need some assurance and appreciation. And yet the word tells us, keep yourself in it. Keep yourself in it. Amen? So let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll get into what we have for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. We're going to look at it in multiple translations, but I want to start out in the New King James. It says, for the love of Christ. How many know the love of Christ compels us? Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. It says the love of Christ. This love, this love from God, this love of the anointed one and his anointing, this love that was poured in your heart by the Holy Spirit has an effect on each and every one of us. And he says here, this love that's in your heart, it says, compels us. Old King James might say, constrains us. Okay? And it's this word compel means to urge, but it also means to hold together. It means to compress, secure, to hold fast. So what we see is this love of God has the ability to hold us together. It has the ability to secure us, to urge us in some matters of life, to constrain us, to compel us. What this scripture is revealing to us is when we keep ourselves in the love of God, that that love has the ability to modify our behavior. The love of God operative in our life is what dictates and what controls our conduct. It's what, it's what makes us different. Hallelujah. We have to understand this. Jesus never came to change your conduct. Jesus came to set you free. And when you were free, your conduct would change. Jesus wasn't focusing on your conduct when he gave his life for you. Jesus was focused on loving you, that love getting in you, and that love controlling the way you live life is what he was focused on. And that love of God in you has the ability to change the way you operate in life. Now, if I said to somebody, um, 
do you love God? We all answer, yes, we love God. But God's not just looking for affirmation. He's looking for confirmation. He's looking for evidence and proof. He's looking for the fact that the love of God in your heart is altering the way you live life. Amen? Let's look at this in some other translations. I don't know which one you got first, Kelly. Whip them on us. Okay, message translation. His love, look at this. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. That's enough of that one. We can just go with that. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. So when we're talking about it changes behavior, his love is the first word on how you act, and his love is the last word on how you act. Amen? Understand this. When the love of God is dominating your life, you don't have to think about how to treat someone else. You don't have to think about it because God always cares for them to the level he'd sacrifice his life for them. And when that kind of love is operating in you, you don't have to focus on, I hope I do them right. You don't have to focus. You don't have to think about that because the love of God operating through you just flows out like that. Okay, let's go to another one. Um, How about the Passion Translation? There it is. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. It's his love that fuels our passion and motivates us. You know why church people are up and down? Because they're not keeping themselves in the love of God. Let's try that. You know why church people's lives go up and down spiritually? Because they're not keeping themselves in the love of God. Because it's our passion. It's our motivation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's see. The New Living Translation, I didn't give that to them, but it literally says the love of Christ controls us. It controls us meaning it, it, it becomes the boundaries of our life is only in the love of God. Let's look at the Amplified Classic. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. And so what happens is this love of God within us is what marks our opinions and our convictions. Everybody just wait for a moment. Okay. Just making sure everyone's alive today. Hallelujah. So it's the love of Christ in us. And I have to put this out there. We can be showered with the love of God and it not change anything about our life. Because it's not that God loved us. It's how we reflect and return that love to him. That has an effect on our conduct. 
Um, how many of you ever heard of a scripture in John 3, 16? For God so the world, right? God loves the world, but is the world living for God necessarily? They're not. See, because it's not about how much God loves humanity, what becomes the altering effect is how much humanity loves God. It's how much we love God that changes us. Sometimes we can get caught in everyone around us, line up to the love of God and make my life work and let me be as I am because that's just my personality. But you walk in love and 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 let me be who I am. But the love of God isn't like that. The love of God says, let's all walk in love and treat each other with the love of God. Let us be a reflection of God's love toward humanity as we reflect that love and how we walk with others. God is never offended. God is never upset with another. God isn't like that. And what happens is we have people, okay, we have people in governments, in school systems, in high places that are not even acquainted with the love of God, trying to modify behavior and conduct in people. And without the love of God, there is no accurate behavior modification. You cannot legislate heart condition. We know that. You cannot legislate heart condition. Be what we have to see is this love of God is absolutely necessary for us to walk right, think right, act right, conduct life right. But yet it's our responsibility to keep us in that love relationship with the Father, that not only are we recipients of the love, but also that we are containers and givers of that love. Because when we set ourselves up to be a vessel of the love of God, you know, I heard this example just this, this week. You know, if you turn on a spigot and water comes out, Okay, water comes out of the spigot. I can promise you the pipe has got water in it, right? The pipe is never empty and this water comes out the spigot. Well, if your life is going to be the pipeline of the love of God to humanity, you are never going to run dry if you are setting yourself up to be the conduit through which the love of God can flow. You will never be absent of the love of God for your own life and heart. Amen? All right, so let's look at some more things here. John chapter 14. Just a couple more scriptures. Hallelujah. And Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I want to just set this before you. We sometimes focus on the fact 
of keeping the commandments as proof of the love, which there is truth in that. But I have found that if people love God, it's not a problem to keep his commandments. And what we try to do sometimes is modify behavior from the outside in rather than from the inside out. And if you're struggling with obedience, if you're struggling with lifestyle, if you're struggling with the way you should live, don't work on modify your behavior. Work on keeping yourself in the love of God. So what you have to do is you have to get to the place where you are constantly reminding yourself, constantly pulling on yourself, but I love God. But I love God. If someone comes, you know, sometimes there's, there's people that aren't super nice, right? If someone comes and lets you have it, you know, that one of those things, and you're standing there listening to it, and the whole time you're saying, I love you, God. I love you, Father. I love you, God. You know, sometimes we say, I love this person, and it's not very effective. You understand what I mean? It's a struggle. But if you start in, inside yourself saying, I love God, what that does, it changes not just the conduct, but it changes the position of the heart and you can do because of who you now be. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's about stirring this love for God in your heart, keeping yourself stirred in this love for God. I love God. I love God. And pretty soon, they might be screaming and hollering, and all your hands, wah, 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 wah. and on the inside, you're going, I love God. Woohoo! I love God. God loves me. I love God. And they're still, wah, 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 wah. I love God. And it never gets in you. Why? Because the overflow of the love for God is a fountain that won't let anything of darkness get in. As long as there's an outflow, there can't be crud get in. So you have to keep yourself in the love of God and realize God isn't looking for proof. He's looking for confirmation. He's looking for the fact that the evidence that, do you love me? Do you love me? Don't modify it from the outside in, but set things right on the inside and it'll have an effect on what comes out. Because the love of Christ constrains, compels us. But if we're absent of the love within, not just love toward you, but love toward him. It's not just the fact that he loved you. He loved you first so you could love him back. And we have to cultivate and keep ourselves in this love. We have to exercise this love. We have to remind ourselves we love God. We have, to, we have to build it and stir it up. We love God. Why is abortion wrong? Because we love God. Why is sex before marriage wrong? Because we love God. 
And God's intention is to give us the very best possible life. And so with that intention, he says, keep out of sin because sin is darkness. Sin is destruction and sin is death to your life. So keep loving me and it will repel sin in your life from stealing anything of your life. Keep that love going. Keep that love alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So keeping the commandments is a natural outflow of just loving him. If you just love him, it's not hard to keep his commandments. If you just love him, it flows out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He will always lead us to love him. Okay, let's go over to 1 John chapter 5. One more scripture. Because it's his love operating through us that produces right conduct. So we just need to ask ourselves, am I misbehaving spiritually? Well, if I'm misbehaving, I hate using that word. It sounds like your three-year-old's. Don't you misbehave, make right choices now. That's not what I'm trying to do, okay? But if we are misbehaving, disobedient, yielding to things we shouldn't do, instead of by self-will changing our behavior, instead, let's move into spiritual maturity where we love God so much that we do not permit ourselves from doing some of those things. Amen? 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. It says, This is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Meaning they're not heavy and weighty. I want you to understand this. When this gospel of freedom becomes an agenda of do's and don'ts. That is verifiable proof that you're missing the love of God. Because this is a gospel of freedom and opportunity. This is a gospel of the goodness and the glory of the Lord. And when it feels instead like mandates and requirements and restrictions, the only difference is is the love of God, the love for God is absent in the heart. Is what the issue is. When you have got first got born again, it wasn't a big deal to go to church. It wasn't hard to get up and go to church. It wasn't difficult to do a lot of things that become difficult with time. What's the deal? The love for God begins to be quenched. The love for God begins to cool down. The love for God begins to not burn hot like it once did. When you first got saved, he saved your life. And you knew it. You knew I'd be dead if it wasn't for God. And there was an honor and an appreciation and a love that was coming out of you. But, you know, this has been 20 years down the road now. I don't remember what it was like to be on my way to hell anymore. 
I don't remember what it was like to wake up every morning feeling abandoned and alone. I don't remember that anymore. So what happens is the enemy takes that opportunity to begin to quench your love for God. And then when he can get that love quenched, then it feels like I've got to maintain a conduct and a behavior that's in line with Christianity. But the problem is I really don't have a heart for it because my heart's not in the love of God. So now it feels like rules and regulations. And we, without even knowing it, we stepped into religion and got out of relationship. But we need to be in relationship. We need to cultivate the fact you have a father that's near, that loves you. Have a love relationship with the father that is always good and intends for your best. It's always good. It's always good in God for you. There is nothing evil in God for you. God has no evil that he wants to do to you. He is a loving, kind, and compassionate father. And he said, the commandments I give you are not weighty, heavy restrictions. These are light and powerful opportunities. When you realize what I have done for you and you just love me, nothing seems hard to do in God. Hallelujah. But it's about stirring up this fact that I love God. I love God. I love God. When the opportunity to sin is there and you start thinking in yourself, but I love God. I love God. And it seems to separate you from that temptation. When that disobedience opportunity is there and you start in yourself, but I love God. I love God. When your wife starts screaming and nagging at you and you have to sit there, I love God. I love God. I love God. It separates you from problems. It separates you from trying to just maintain and, and handle things on your own. And instead, it moves you in to a condition that you are somebody you never even knew you could be. Hallelujah. You know, the word of God says to honor your father and mother. Okay? But what do you do when mom's grumpy and dad's mean? Hallelujah. You know, you still got to honor them. But see, it's not hard when you recognize I love God and God loves me. And the only reason he tells me to honor my mom and dad is he said, then I'm going to live a long time. This is the first commandment with promise. Amen. Hallelujah. But we cannot persevere in doing right until we are right in our heart. And once we are right in our heart and it's filled with loving God, it's not a challenge to do right. Amen? You, you could say it this way. You cannot do without first being. You just cannot do without first being. So instead of thinking that Christianity is behavior modification, Maybe we should focus on the fact that Christianity is about relationship, that God loved me, so I love him. 
and it, the behavior will take care of itself. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.